Wouldn't that be an amazing alarm kind of clock for you in the morning? Just that theme music, get, get started. It's going to be an epic day today. That, uh, I like that. I love that music. It gets, get, gets me motivated. And so, today we're two weeks into this message series called Epic Story, and we're looking at some of the major themes. And if you'll pull out this uh, program that you, you received when you walked in the door, you'll notice on the front, we're heading kind of on a journey through the Bible, from creation to Christ and on into eternity. If you live your life and you begin to read through the pages of the Bible, uh, it doesn't have to be a mystery what life is going to look like. God's actually revealed Himself to us in the Bible, in the pages of Scripture. And so we began on Easter looking at the most important part of God's epic story, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was risen from the dead, basically that event was it was huge. Everything in the Bible either pointed towards that or looks back to it. And so it, it provides kind of this climactic point of what God is doing. If this is your first visit here with our church, then... Uh, last week's message for Easter and just the launch of the series, it's online along with several other uh, messages just arranged by subjects that might be of interest to you. So you can check that out on our website. But today what I want to do is I want to look at the opening scene of, of God's epic story. And so, uh, as with any story, there are elements that are pretty much running throughout any any story. So you've got elements in in your favorite movies, books, shows... They typically all have five elements. You've got the characters, you've got the setting, you've got the plot or the theme. You have a conflict, and then you have a resolution. And those elements, if you think about your favorite movie, try to you know get that movie in your mind. What's your favorite movie? Now think about the characters. Where's the setting? You know what's the plot there? What's the conflict? How is it resolved? You know I'm sure it follows most of those elements. I I, I love. Rocky, and I'm a big Rocky fan. I even have the entire box set, I'll admit it. And uh, I grew up watching this with my dad and, and even some of my uncles. And, and recently I was sick with the flu, probably about a month ago. I had my son, and we just crashed out on the couch, and, and we enjoyed some Rocky together. It was, it was motivating, you know, kind of get, helps you get rehabilitated when you see this guy, you know, pounding through the challenges of life. And, and uh, but... With Rocky, you know, as, as with any of your movies, you have the characters, so you have Rocky, he's the ultimate underdog, and he's this, he's this working class guy, and he, he's got this gal that he likes, her name is Adrian, and then he's got a trainer named Mickey that he eventually meets and helps train him, and you've got a, you've got Apollo, the, the guy he's battling against, and, and, and this setting is, is in Philadelphia, and, and on and on. You can just follow any of, if, of your favorite movies along the same way. When you open up the Bible, though, you open up the Bible and you go to the very beginning, we meet the characters. We discover this amazing setting and then we're introduced to our first kind of major theme. The story develops a real-life drama beginning with the creation of the entire world. That's the setting. And builds towards a final pinnacle of creation that we're going to look at. If you want to look in your... In your if you want to pull out this uh, listening guide and follow along, look at... Up here on the screen, Genesis 1, in verse 1, it begins with these words, In the beginning, God. These are the first words in the Scripture. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning, God. The only uncreated character in this story is God. He has always existed. He is the uncreated one. And in the Bible, He's the main character. God is the main character of the whole story from beginning to the end. It's, it's, it's all about Him. And so... 
This is how he creates the world. Look at where the verse goes. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. These verses reference the actual beginning of all matters. Everything is about to be, or is being created here. There were no raw materials that God took, and He just kind of stirred up this pot, and and out of those pre-existent materials He creates. No, it's not that. He creates out of nothing. You may have heard the Latin phrase ex nihilo. He's out of nothing. God, he, he has created. And now for us as a church, we took part in a build out of an office that we, that we occupy now in the Mission Grove area last fall. And we had materials. You know, we'd go to Home Depot, we'd get more materials and we would, we'd put those materials together and we'd build walls and we'd, you know, begin to finish things. But again, it was amazing seeing this finished result, but the epic story of the Bible and our office building story are you know, very, very different. Because when God made the earth, the very first thing He did was He created the materials and then he, he gave shape to those materials. Very, very different than us creating and building things. Here's what happens next. Verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Last service, somebody bumped into the wall at that moment when I read that and the lights went off and then came back on. Totally accidental, too. He was like, I'm sorry. It was really funny. It was, it was the perfect timing. And so then God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness He called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. He literally turned on the light. Have you ever been in a power outage for days? Where the power is out and if you have, think about how grateful you are for that person who identifies the problem and turns the power back on to your house. God literally, He turned on the lights to the entire universe you know, with His words. He rules the whole universe. He commands light and darkness and speaks matter into existence. That's power. The word epic, it doesn't even really do justice here. You can read through the specifics of this. I want to just kind of highlight the order of creation that you find in Genesis. The first thing is, you know, day one, you've got light. Then on day two, God creates the sky. You know, He he creates our atmosphere. And then day three, you see God creates the dry ground. He calls it land. It says that He gathers the water and He calls them seas. And then He creates vegetation, plants, and trees. Then on the fourth day, God creates... He creates the sun, the moon, the stars... These give light to govern and separate the day from the night. So this, these lights mark, it says in the scriptures, they mark seasons. So we have, you know, the introduction of time at this point. Then on the fifth day, God creates every living creature of the sea and every winged bird. He, he blesses these animals that he's made and he gives them all reproductive abilities to fill the waters and fill the skies with life. And then on the sixth day, God creates land animals. To fill the earth. This includes livestock, creeping things, <laughs> big and small creeping things, and, and the beast of the earth. And then, another key character is introduced. This is still day six. And with the creation of humans, we see this. This is the top of your listening guide. We see that people have undeniable value as God's prized creation. You get to verse 26. After he's done... He's created everything else. 
God says in verse 26, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27 reads, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. So the sixth day, there's a change in tone. As you read through the story, there's a change when he gets to this part of the sixth day. Because this sixth day marks the crescendo of God's creation because it includes mankind. The Bible makes the claim that humans didn't evolve by, you know, by random chance. We were created by God. What this means is that you're not an accident. God purposely created you. He's given you significance and meaning and value. We're a mirror image of God, what these verses are talking about, in some ways. Not in all ways, but we're a mirror image of God in some ways, which makes us significant. God works. You know, He's he's creating everything. Well, so do we. We work. We are complex thinkers. We're We're not simple. We are creative. We can design things. We can communicate complex ideas and emotions. We can have dominion. We can rule. We can govern things. You, you notice there's an, an imagery going on about what God has made in us and how we reflect His image to the world. This, this shows just who He has made in humans. This shows how and why the issue of creation versus evolution is so important to settle. If evolution is true, then we're merely biomechanical machines or at best, we're on the same level as the rest of the other animals. If we evolved, then just by chance, then what happens is our value kind of plummets down. But the Bible actually says that we have extreme value to God. He's made us uh, intentionally. We're different by design. You know, verse 26, verse 27 talks about male and female, He created them. We're different by design. It's not just anatomy that... that that makes the genders difference. But there, there are some different roles to play. There's a wiring different. God is, He has crafted something very intentionally when He made humans. Now, after God created everything, we read that God was pleased with what He'd made. He rested from His work. He blessed the seventh day and He called the seventh day a holy day. And, man, think about how productive this week is. <laughs> Men and women who work hard, you know, whether it's at work or at home. Think about how productive a, of a week. This is, what an opening scene. I wish I could have seen this. None of us, you know, were on, nobody was on the scene when he's making all these things. You know, it's, he's, he's creating everything and is declaring his glory, his majesty. And God, he makes this inhabitable planet. And then he forms mankind. He gives them authority to rule this place as his representatives. And you and I, as humans, we've been given an important role to play in creation and, and really in this world. Also, when we look at this, this, you know, first chapter, we see parts of God's character revealed in these first couple of chapters of the Bible. In creation, first we see that God, he reveals that he's powerful just by the fact that he is creating out of nothing. Who do you know that can do that? None of us. No one. And some of you, you're extremely creative with your abilities, but still, you and I, we begin with material. But the sheer size and the magnitude of what God has created, it just it, it really ought to boggle our mind if we if we really take that in. Look at the planet Earth. 
the planet Earth, if you can find it, is at the bottom center of that screen. It's not the lowest one, but it's, you know, right above the lowest one in the center. You know, we're that little planet. Earth is fairly small in comparison to the rest of our solar system. It's it's a fairly small part of our solar system. But then look at the size of the earth compared to the sun. You know, there's the sun. You From the back, you probably can't even see the earth. It's not any of those giant planets over there. It's the third planet from the right. So it's a little speck on the map from the, you know, from to the right of the sun. It's, we, look at the size. Well, this is pretty amazing. God ordered things so that we can live here on this planet. Some people call earth the privileged planet. A lot of scientists who've done research and study and science of, of what God has made and the creation account, they say earth, and even scientists who do not, who, who reject, who reject the creation, the, the, just the elements or the life existing on earth is really, it's amazing. It, it's mind-boggling. If we were a fraction closer to the sun, we would, we would burn up. If we were a little further away, we would freeze. And so, this just reminds us of how only a powerful creator could have come up with this perfect plan. He knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't need a consultant. He didn't need a committee of people. God is all-powerful. He positioned us right where we are intentionally. This was not on accident. Another thing is, creation reveals that God is good. God is good. We see in creation, in the account of creation, that God provided desirable things for us to enjoy. He made a a world full of beautiful colors and intricate design. Look at these pictures. He made the seasons. Some of you, if you're from out of state, you're like, yeah, I remember that. Remember the seasons? (laughs) We get days of this. You probably, I, I, I don't know of a scene like quite like this around here, but maybe up in the mountains, possibly. <laughs> Upstate, you know, north of here. But he, he's made this place with a, a, a variety of colors. He's added masterful landscaping. What an amazing variety. Look at this picture of the, the fields. I don't know if you've seen these flowers in Carlsbad. They're beautiful. They adorn the, the, the hillside. You can actually see these from the freeway. Kind of escape. Those people that sit on the five in traffic probably look at that at points. I mean, he also gives a beautiful light show morning and night. It's amazing what God has made. Sometimes when I, when I look at this, when I look at what God has created for us to enjoy, all I can really think to myself is, wow, wow, God made that. That is so beautiful. God designed that. He is so good also for to allow us to enjoy this because God was He was so good that He gave you and I the ability to take this in. Through some of our senses we can take in what He's made. God is also personal. In creation we we see this personal side. We were made in His image. Verse 27, God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. His image, the image of God was only imparted to humans. If you study through this, you see that He did not create anything else in His image. His, his image was only imparted to humans. We're different than the rest of God's creation. God made us, you and I, with the ability to relate, to respond to Him. He's not a distant Creator who just got everything in motion and then moved on and stepped away from His creation. No, he's, He has remained engaged in pursuing us 
In fact, many of you are here today because you sense that God is pursuing you. You sense that He's close at hand. He's not this distant God, but He's personal. And these are just some of the aspects of God's character in these verses. But along with the value that He's given us, we were also created with a purpose. Here's, here's some of the purposes that we were created for. Number one, to enjoy, to work, and to manage the earth. Really, under His leadership, He's the King, but He has given us a role of, of privilege and leadership. You find this in verses 28 through and, and 30. But his, his intention was that he would take responsibility, or that we would take responsibility for what he has made. We would exert authority over the rest of creation. You see that in the uh, in the commands given to to Adam and Eve. And part of that responsibility is to manage and work the ground. To make the ground for them, he said, make the ground produce something that would be pleasing to God. That's, that's part of our responsibility still, that, that we would, we would do something with this earth that God has created, that we would, that we would, uh, make it produce something, that we work it, and we would make it produce something pleasing to the Lord. Through our responsibilities, through our roles. And at this point in human history, this is pre-sin, Genesis 1 and 2. Because of that, this whole experience that they were creating would have been an amazing work experience. <laughs> there was nothing dreadful about working in this setting. I mean, you might have an amazing job, but you have a bad day here and there, don't you? This would have been amazing. It's hard to imagine this. And then another thing is we were created for the purpose of obeying God and fearing God. From the very beginning, what we see is God... He set boundaries for our good out of love for us. Look at what it says in chapter 2, verse 16 and verse 17. You know, he, he puts the man in the garden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He made us with the opportunity to obey Him or to rebel. He set these boundaries. But notice there in verses 16 and 17, He took the initiative to love us, to set boundaries. We can love Him back. and We can live within those boundaries that He set. Or we can choose to reject Him and to try to lead our own lives rebelling against Him. But His intention for us is that we would obey Him. It's that we would live within His boundaries, that we'd fear Him. To fear God, it's not this, we get this picture of, I'm afraid of God, like He's, um, you know, He's a scary figure. This has to do with awe and respect of who He is. We take Him so seriously that we live life in boundaries. We believe He's real. We, we believe He's present. And He said, and he said the, this is the life I want you to live. Stay in these boundaries. And we, take, we, we stay in bounds because we believe He's not just true, but He's real. And He interacts with us. And if we stay in bounds, then He blesses, He protects, He provides. doesn't mean that, well, for us, there's still struggle because of sin. But, but for them, this intention initially was you know, to obey and fear Him. The third purpose is we were created to form families and to enjoy relationships. You see in, in chapter 2 specifically, verse 18 through 25, God made it possible for Adam and Eve to reproduce. You know, he tells Adam, he says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. He forms Eve later. 
He tells them in verse uh, 18, or in verse 28 of the previous chapter, he tells them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And uh, Genesis 1 kind of gives you the, uh, the, the broad sweeping creation account. Genesis 2 zooms in on his creation of the first man and woman. And so if you're like, why did he say in verse 28 this, and then it seems like he's, he's saying it again in Genesis 2. It's, there's a zooming in here of the second chapter of what, what exactly happened when he created. Now, when we function in line with God's plan in, in, in any of these three bulleted areas right here, these are core purposes. When we function within these, you know, th- this plan, what it does inside of us is it actually affirms something deep inside that's tied to God's design. Most of the time, Work is a grind. It's a drag. It's difficult. And we're, we're going to look at why that is next week. But, but sometimes you put in a hard day at work or at home and you're, you take your responsibilities really seriously. You keep a grip. You like take the bull by the horns, they would say. You work really hard. And what happens is you have this deep sense of fulfillment that comes upon you. Because you, you feel like, wow, this is what I was made to do. Even when we work hard, hard seasons... Just bearing up under that pressure, not dropping the responsibilities, but, but staying engaged with our core responsibilities at work, at home, with people, obeying the Lord, just choosing to live obediently in bounds. There's something about these purposes that when we do them, it's like we sense on the inside this cheering because God actually put that inside of us. He's created us on purpose. He made us this way to respond to those types of things. And when we shy away from responsibility and work, and God's boundaries, we sense eh, something's off. Something ain't right. It's because, again, we're running from something that God has designed. And as we look at these chapters, verses 1 and 2, this final point here, people, we long to experience life the way that God meant it to be. I, I long to, to experience that kind of life. Verses, verse 31 of chapter 1 says, And God saw everything that He'd made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. At the end of this week of creation, God said, man, it was all very good. And we're drawn towards that idyllic setting that we find in Genesis 1 and 2. And, and oftentimes we can get swept up in the majesty of what God has made. A visit to the mountains, that, that can generate something inside of us. Being out even in the medium-sized you know, surf can generate this sense of the power the majesty of God. The beauty of natural landscape, you know, it's breathtaking. We're drawn to this type of setting that, that we're reading about in Genesis 1 and 2. And we're drawn to this story because God's... He's put some of this inside of us. And, and we feel, though, so far removed from that setting. What would it even feel like to experience life with no, no sin? At this point in Genesis 1 and 2, there's no sin. What would that feel like to not sin? What would it feel like to have no shame, no guilt? What would it feel like to have no fear, no pain? There's no pain yet at this point. There's no confusion. There's no old aging. There's no crying. There's no mourning. There's no broken relationships. Get this, there's no death at this point. There's no barriers to God. It's tough to really imagine what, what that's like because we live in a fallen world. It feels as if 
we've been made for so much more than what we're currently living for. And God himself, he made us in his image. He placed that significant value on us. And so what this powerful opening scene prompts us to do is this. It prompts us to move past whatever barriers are keeping me from God. Whatever is keeping us from God, we need to begin to move past those things. It could be that as you think about knowing God personally, you just feel this giant kind of wall separating you from you from Him. Here's where I'm at. Here's where God is. And because of my guilt, because of my shame, because of my sin, because of my pain and life's hurts, because of because of all sorts of things. And so, some of you are going through very difficult things and crises, grief, pain right now. Would you bring whatever barrier stands between you and God and begin to work with Him through it? Would you begin to present that to Him and to begin to pray about whatever's separating you from really relating to God? And are you, are you ready to begin living in line with God's intended purpose for your life? Maybe there's something that jumped out at you as we read through some of these purposes that you've been ignoring. Or maybe you're running from. It could be that you're running from responsibility or maybe it's running from a part of God's boundaries that, that He's asking you to live within. What about your purpose or your identity do you think you need to yield to, to God today? This story kind of brings us, it centers us in a lot of ways it's, and it prompts us to some things. But above all, it just prompts us to respond to God. When we get into the Bible, it prompts us to respond to God because we recognize, man, this is so true of, of what He has made. This is who God is. This is who He's made me to be. And so we're really glad that you've come today. We would love to share with you specifically how, how do I begin a relationship with God. We're going to get into the conflict. We talked about, you know, there's the characters and the setting. Next week we're going to get into the conflict. The problem of the story shows up next week. But know this, God Himself stepped into this world in the person of Jesus Christ already to deal with our core problem. On your, on your connection card on the back side, there's a box where you can check. I'd like to learn how to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love to help you understand and then clarify what that really means. If you were invited by a friend, uh, maybe you would ask your friend, just say, hey, could you tell me a little bit more about what it means to relate to Jesus Christ? You can tell me why you decided to do that. Uh, back, back on your handout at the bottom, there's some next steps here I wanted to just direct your attention to. Just a way to respond. My next step today is to deal with the main barrier keeping me from God. To identify that barrier and then to begin to work through that with God. And secondly, to evaluate evaluate your life in, line, in light of God's intended purposes. You're looking at those three bullets near the bottom of the listening guide. Like, Just really consider, here's my life, here's what God has created me to, to be and to live for and, and I just want to evaluate this take some time this week and then we've left the final line just blank if you've got something specific that you sense God is asking you to respond to him in really glad that you're that you come again today and let, let's pray would you pray with me Father thank you for this time and thank you for this these early chapters of the Bible where we get to see what you were making or what you made we get to understand your purpose in making humans and where we get to understand the value you placed on us we thank you that you displayed your great power and majesty and that we get to be a part of this story 
thank you for the opportunity to know you. And we pray, I just pray for each person here, Lord, that in the different ways you're asking us to respond to you, whether it's at home or at work or with family or with friends or just us really doing business with you, Lord, we just pray that we would respond to you this morning. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.